And uh, so you're already here and you can't leave. No, I'm just kidding. Um, the Bible says in 1 John 4, 19, it says, we love because he first loved us. Just start with that. Recognize that we are responding to God. We don't have to make the first step. How many of you realize God already made the first step? So whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. For whoever does not love his brother or sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. And he has given us this command. Anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. When, when I read that scripture, the two things that jump out to me are first, the first thing is that I am responding to God. My love for others doesn't come because of what they deserve. I don't love because they're so worthy. It doesn't say, we love because everyone we're around just has no flaws. It says, we love because he first loved us. And the second thing I see there is that my treatment of others matters to God. My treatment of others matters to God. And with that in mind, I'm going to read uh, in Matthew 25. It says in verse 31, it says, When the Son of Man comes in glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, uh, Lord, when, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see a stranger invite you in or needing clothes and close you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go visit you? And the king will reply, truly, I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did it for me. Wow. God says not only is how we treat others important to him. The way that we treat others, God considers that to be our treatment of him. See, oftentimes we get lost and, and we, we don't recognize who it is we're actually serving. And realizing when God looks at us, our treatment of others matters. Why? Because in his perspective, he is the one that we're treating. Whenever we're in dealing with other people, that's it. Now, I, I want to throw this verse in early because the way that we treat others is not to earn salvation. Understand, as we talk about serving and doing things unto God for other people, we recognize that does not earn us salvation. Ephesians 2, 8 through 9 says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not from yourself. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. 
God looks down. He says, it is important that our treatment of others, that our service to others does not become a competition. That you don't think that you can earn salvation by doing these things. He says, your right standing with me is by grace, through faith. What does that mean? That means you believed on Jesus Christ, that he came, that he died for your sins. I'm forgiving you, not because of what you did. And, and it's interesting, God is clear. I don't want people to boast about how they earned right standing with me. He says, I purposely took that off the table. Our service of others does affect our, uh, our spirituality, but not our salvation. And now let me, let me break that down a little bit. As, as a person who is striving to be in healthy relationship with God, to, to behave in a godly way, we strive to be obedient. And to grow as a spiritual person. How many of you desire to grow as a spiritual person? Serving will help you grow. It will not earn you salvation. We recognize that salvation is completely through faith. Can I grow in my spirituality? Absolutely you can. And, and there is a bi-directional relationship between service and spirituality, meaning the more that you serve, the stronger you become as a, as a spiritual person and, and vice versa. And it's more than just points because God says he's not tracking that. But how many of you realize if you go volunteer at a soup kitchen and you get to serve these people who have very little, how many of you realize that you're going to begin to see people through God's eyes? There's going to be benefits that, that you probably didn't expect. How we treat others does affect even our prayers. First Peter doesn't. Again, your salvation isn't through works. But how you treat others affects your ability to function effectively and efficiently as a Christian. Let's read 1 Peter 3, 7. It says, husbands, in the same way, be considerate as you live with your wives. What's talking about? Treat other people, specifically your spouse, with consideration, kindly. And treat them with respect as the weaker partner, as heirs with you in the gracious gift of life, so that nothing will hinder your prayers. What is this saying? The way you treat your wife potentially would hinder your prayers. So we understand God takes our treatment of others seriously. Now, I will never forget, I think it was in 2004, uh, I was in Botswana, Africa, and uh, I was considering moving there to teach in a Bible school. And there was a young lady there who, if I remember correctly, had just... Um, just won the, like, Miss Botswana in, in Africa. She was a young Christian girl, and, and God was, was 
beginning to use her to represent the country and get out there. And, and we had an interesting conversation because we were talking about service. And she had a concept that is unfortunately widespread. And her concept was that she thought everyone had to serve until they did. We had the, the conversation was, what, what, what is my duty to serve? And her mindset was, if you have more than someone else, you have to give until you don't have more than someone else. This concept was, anything I have, if it's more than what you have, I have it because you don't have it. Do you follow? It's the idea that there is a limited pie. And if you have a slice that's bigger than my slice, in fact, if you have a slice that's bigger than my slice, it came from my slice. Do, do you understand that, that mindset? And the idea is, if I have something that you don't have, I did you wrong somehow, and I owe you to give that. And there are a lot of people who have that idea. And so they're, they're afraid to begin giving and serving because they have this thought. The thought is, I have to give everything I have in order to give properly. Uh, do we have that cartoon? Can we put this up a minute? This is the family circus. And there's a lady standing there talking to a mother with four kids around her and he sa she says how do you divide your love among four children and she responds I don't divide it I multiply it <laughs> got a mother in the audience says amen let's let's look at scripture Proverbs eleven twenty four 24 verse 25 says one person gives freely yet gains even more another withholds unduly but comes to poverty a generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. Let's think about that for a minute. How does that fit with that mindset that there is a limited pie? What God says is the more you give, the bigger your piece of the pie will become. He says, those who refresh others will be refreshed. Give and it shall be given unto you. Pressed down, shaken together, and running over. You see, this is a spiritual concept. There is not limited uh, resources. God has created us to, to receive supernatural blessing. He says, when you give, you will receive more. It's interesting that this is also, this, this comes into play when it comes to, to giving. It comes into play when it give, comes to, to blessing others. It comes into play also in economics. There are people who, when they see someone who is better off than them, automatically feel righteous indignation. If that person is doing well, it must be at my expense. But what does the scripture say? Not necessarily. I'll never forget. Uh, well, I can't remember what year it was, but I was, I think it was in, I'll, I'll, 
I didn't forget the thing. I just forgot the date. I'm really bad with dates. I will forget the date, but I won't forget the event. The event was this. I went to um, do an interview for a job with a Christian uh, businessman. Now, this businessman had, um, was worth multiple millions of dollars. And I'm there in his office. And he's asking me questions because I'm, I'm there interviewing for a position uh, on his staff. And he's talking about the business and the different things that they do and, and, and how they, they function and what jobs that he you know, needs someone to fill. And then he stops and he says, I want you to look around this room. And I look around the boardroom and on the walls are pictures of, from a village in Africa where there was a well that had been dug. On another wall is the picture of a crusade um, in another part of the world. And, and there were pictures of different uh, missions projects all around the world in the boardroom of this business. And he said, that is what we're really here for. And he said, you know, we, we make money, we invest, we do all of these things. He says, but that is the purpose. And I, I realized, I thought, you know, how many people have seen him drive by in his Mercedes, and he wasn't an opulent person, but he did drive a nice car, and thought, oh, he took something from me, only to realize he was blessed because he lived to give. He gave millions of dollars every year. And I just remember the, the, the light bulb just going on. And it wasn't a concept I was unfamiliar with, but to see it lived out in front of me just is something I will never forget. The date on which that happened, I have forgotten already. But what it felt like to see and recognize what happens when we give. There is, there is not a limited quantity. Those who give will be blessed with more. The scripture says that. that I, I am tempted to get into the econ economics of it and talk about how these biblical principles apply even to the way that nations are run and how governments are run. And when you have the concept that you need to take from those who have instead of allow uh, value to be created, when you have that idea that anyone who has took it from someone, instead of understanding that the more people serve others, the more blessed they will be. Anyway, that's a concept called capitalism. Proverbs 11.24, we said, One person gives freely yet gains even more. Another withholds unduly but comes to poverty. Here's the thing. Blessing others does not disadvantage us. If we give love, we will, get, we will be loved. If we bless others, we will be blessed. If we serve others, we will be served. If we give influence, we grow in influence. If we, uh, if our power, oh, I, I gotta go there. So Israel, Israel is a nation blessed by God. How many of you recognize that? We recognize in scripture, the Bible says that if we pray for Israel, he will bless us. Now Israel is a unique situation. Israel is set in the center of the Middle East. In the 1948, Israel was a desert. There was nothing going on. 
right now it is the number one exporter in, in any of that area. Israel has prospered. Israel's neighbors believe that the prosperity that Israel has brought to that region somehow came at their expense. This isn't true. They're considered, why? Because they have that mindset, thinking that it's limited. But what's really happening? They're, the entrepreneurial levels in Israel are higher than, than any place on the planet. There are more businesses started per capita in Israel than any nation on the face of the earth. And they follow Christian values, Judeo-Christian values, where they believe in giving. It is, I, I wish I had time to go through all the things that their country does for their neighbors. They continue to give and give and give, and they get blessed and blessed and blessed. And people around are just scratching their heads going, what is going on? One of the reasons that people are often uh, reluctant to give and to serve is this fear that giving and serving is going to cost me. We need to understand that God has shown us in the scripture, he promises that when we give, we will receive. How do we choose what to do? If we are not required to give everything until we have nothing, if I don't have to give to every, Here's something interesting to consider. How many of you remember the story of Peter? who went to the gate beautiful and there was a beggar there and Peter told him, such as I have, give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ, stand up and walk. How many remember that story? What's interesting is that the scripture tells us that after Peter healed that man, he went around jumping and leaping and all the people recognized him because he had been there his whole life. And his spot had been the gate beautiful. Guess who went through the gate beautiful many, many, many times during that man's life? Jesus. The scripture tells us that Jesus went by that very same way. If that man sat there every time, why didn't Jesus heal him? You know, it's interesting. Peter was led by the Holy Spirit, this is the time, this is the place. Jesus had gone by that same man, but God had a plan for how and when. John 5, 19 says, Jesus gave him this answer. Very truly, I tell you, the Son of Man can do nothing by himself. He can do only what he sees his Father doing, because whatever the Father does, the Son also does. In John 1249, it says, For I do not speak on my own, but the Father who sent me commanded me to say, All I have spoken. I want to encourage you. We as Christians should seek to be led by the Holy Spirit. You are not required to give every extra penny you have to every person who doesn't have the extra pennies. But I challenge you, if you will pray 
and ask God and listen and say, when and where should I get involved? He will answer you. Many people are afraid to say, I'll do something because they think that means I have to do everything. You don't have to do everything. Jesus didn't do everything. He did what the Father told him to do. I know me personally, and I'm not recommending this to everyone, especially not single ladies, but anytime I see someone hitchhiking, I pray. I say, God, do you want me to pick that person up? And sometimes... I feel like I need to do it. I remember one particular time uh, I was driving down the road. It was like 10 something at night and there was a bus stop there and there was uh, kind of a, a down and out gentleman standing by the bus stop. And as I was driving by, I just felt the leading. Of the Lord. They, he wasn't even hitchhiking. I just felt you need to go talk to that person. So I pulled around and I went up into the parking lot and got up there. I walked up to him and I said, you know, hey. I just, do you need a ride? Well, he's like, yeah. Turns out he was a homeless gentleman who had left a uh, refuge, so he had a place to stay, but he didn't own a home. Um, and he had gone to the library, lost track of time, stayed in the library until it closed and missed the last bus. And he was just standing there on a cold fall day um, without a ride to the place he was staying, which was like seven or eight miles away. And so I said, well, why don't I give you a ride? And as we, we drove, I was able to, to ask him questions. Um, he, you know, his story came out. Um, his mother, with whom he was very close, had passed away, and he had just kind of snapped. And like 20 years prior, he had just gone off. He had lived uh, homeless all this time. And we began to talk and... and um, was able to, to pray with him and lead him. And I just, it's like, man, I was so encouraged. By the time I dropped him off, like, I was so encouraged. I was like, wow, God, you knew what was going on. I didn't know what was going on. I, how, I would have no way of knowing why this person, I did not have the bus schedule memorized. I didn't know, but God led me. Now, another time, that was a win. Let me tell you a fail. So, I remember a time driving through Granville, and I think it might have been before the, the mall was, was put up, and maybe it wasn't, I don't recall. But it was, dates are bad with me, but I remember what happened. So I'm driving along, and it was a cold day, and there was a guy walking by um, in just a button-down shirt. He was dressed like this, but it was kind of like, you know, 30 degrees outside. And I remember thinking, you know, having that quickening, you should pick that person up. And I don't remember what was going on, what else was going on, but I had some place that I was headed, and I just didn't, didn't listen, and I kept going. And, like, I don't know, after that thing, then I was off to rush someplace else, and so I drove back by, and, like, two miles down the road, the same person was walking. And I remember feeling, you've got another chance. Go do it. And I don't recall where I was headed, but suddenly I, I didn't have time, and I just kept going. It's been 15 years. I still wonder what opportunity I missed that day because I know. I look back after 
after that day, it was like later that afternoon when it just hit me, and I, I, I wanted to go back down the road and find him, but I knew I couldn't. It's just like, man, I missed that opportunity. I knew that that was the Holy Spirit speaking to me. I trust that God must have found someone else, spoke to them. That is my hope. But I, man, I want to, I want to obey God's word when I hear it. Um, it's interesting what the Bible says in Hebrews. It says, do not forget to show hospitality to strangers, for by doing so, some have shown hospitality to angels without knowing it. I have thought about that many times, and I, what I actually concluded in my head was, God, I hope that was an angel testing me and I just failed. I hope it wasn't a person who actually needed help who didn't get it. But I believe that if we will listen to the leading of the Holy Spirit, he will direct us. Now, there are other ways that he directs us. Psalms 37, verse 3 and 4 says this. It says, trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Do you hear that, guys? Trust in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Now, some people look at that scripture and think, well, if the desire of my heart is a Ferrari, I suppose God owes me a Ferrari. But let's look back at the context of this. Verse 3, trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. I don't believe this scripture is saying that if I desire a Ferrari, God owes me one. What I believe it's saying is that when I trust in the Lord, remember the verse right before it says, trust in the Lord and do good. So we're already talking about how we serve and do others. Do unto others. And he says, take delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Now, in Proverbs, we have uh, one of the ways, have you ever noticed that Proverbs tends to repeat itself? It'll say something one way, then it'll say it in another way. This says, trust in the Lord and do good. Trust in the Lord, and he'll give you the desires of your heart. I believe it's saying the same thing in two different ways. What it's saying is, trust in the Lord... And he will put desires in you for the particular type of good that you are to do. You see, the, the gifts and callings that are on our life, God, one of the ways God shows us is through his desires. When, when I was five years old, I told my parents, I'm going to go be a missionary. That's what I wanted to do. When I was 11, I started going each summer on missions trips. I loved going places that were just crazy. Like, I remember going to the Darien Jungle in Panama and sleeping in a church on a bench. And I was a lot smaller at the time, but from my elbow to my wrist was the entire width of the bench. And I slept on that, and it rained that night, and the whole flood, the floor of the church just was like, you know, the walls were virtually see-through, 
And so the rain just poured right through the, the, the church, just mud going everywhere. And I was so excited that I managed to stay sleeping on that bench the entire night. Like, to me, it was so fun and exciting. I desired to go to these places that were difficult to get to and difficult to stay in and difficult to sleep at. And did, like, is that normal? Do, do, do people want to give up the comfort of their home and go to a... No, but, but I had that desire. Why? Because God put that desire in my heart. A lot of people are afraid. They're like, oh man, I don't know. If I tell God that I'll do anything, he might send me to Africa. Listen, don't worry about it. If he does, he's going to put that desire in your heart and you won't be happy anywhere but Africa. He says, trust in the Lord and do good. Trust in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Not all of us are called to the exact same thing. One of the things that will show us where we're called is what desires we have. Some of you love kids. You love them. Guess what? That is a desire of your heart that God put in you. It is a clue to the ways in which you can serve God. Some of you don't love kids. I'm not asking you to volunteer in the nursery. But what has God put in your heart? Do you love mechanics and electrical engineering? This stage was put together by someone here in the church who has a passion for those types of things. God gave him the desires of his heart, and we enjoy the fruit of it. There are so many different things and ways that God wants to use us. What am I supposed to do? Stop and think, what desires do I have? What desires do I have? And that is a key to what you are to do. Somebody come, may come to me as a pastor. And I, I remember talking to a particular pastor who was about to plant a church a number of years ago. And, and he was about to plant the church, and he was planting that church in a community where a college was located. And so I asked him, I said, so do you guys plan on having a college ministry? You know, being located to a, to a college, next to a college. And I loved his answer. He said, well, that depends on who God sends to our church. If he sends us someone who has a passion for college ministry, we are going to enable them to fulfill that ministry and that calling. If we get people who God has put other things in, we're not going to force those people to be involved in college ministry just because we're nearby a college. You see, as a, as a church body, we are here to help equip each other to fulfill that which God has planted in each and every one of you. I can get up here and talk all day about how we need helpers in the nursery. And we need volunteers in the band. And we need volunteers in all of these areas. But you know what I think is even more effective? I want to encourage you, what is God putting inside of your heart? 
Because I believe God's going to bring people to this church who have a desire to play in the band. And who's going to bring people to this church who have a desire to assist in the nursery. And then it's my job to encourage you, do it. Do it. Do what God has put inside of you. He has, he has given you the desires of your heart. Your passions are a clue to God's calling in your life. People are afraid that if they follow God, he's going to take them away from what they really want to do. No, if you follow God, he will send you right into the heart of what you will be most passionate about. Why? Because he has given you the desires of your heart. He is the one who gave you the desires of your heart. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 6 through 7 says, There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in every one is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Being the greatest is being the servant. Why has God given each and every one of us different giftings? Is it because we're just, some people, he just wants to enjoy creativity. You know what? I've, I've given you creativity and, and so that you can have the best decorated bathroom in your house ever. Well, yeah, I mean, that, that's a bonus. But you know what? If you are gifted with creativity... Because God desires to do that for, use that for the common good. There are ways that your, your creativity can be utilized to help others. Both within the church and outside of the church. I don't want to imply that the only place you can serve is here. I'll use a lot of examples about here because I'm responsible to encourage people to get involved here. But I don't want you to walk away at thinking, well, the only way that they seem to think I can ever serve God is right here inside the building. So, no, no, that's not true. Your gift of creativity could be used to help us to redecorate and, and to, to do things here, make this such an inviting place that every person who visits just can't wait to get back. Yeah, we can use that. But that same creativity can be used to just help someone else in the church with their own home. Who doesn't have the, the, the eye for decorations and has been kind of down and out because it looks frumpy? Just imagine how you would feel with the opportunity to go in there and straighten things out and move it around and do whatever it is you do that I don't do. God wants to use you. Mark 9.35 says, sitting down, Jesus called the twelve and said, anyone who wants to be first must be the very last and the servant of all. We as Christians need to understand that God's economy works differently. When I serve, I am growing in influence. We don't live under a limited economy. When I am blessed, that doesn't mean someone else is less blessed. 
In fact, God says it's the opposite. The more people that I help and bless, the more blessed I will become. When I refresh others, the more refreshed I will become. Oftentimes, we're afraid to serve because we think, well, if I'm looking out for others, who will look out for me? James 2, 15 says, Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one says to him, go in peace, keep warm and well-fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? Acts 20, verse 35 says, In everything I did, I showed you that by kind, this kind of hard work, we must help the weak, remembering the words of the Lord himself, who said, It is more blessed to give than receive. The key to serving, in, in my opinion, is realizing who we're serving. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 7 says, Serve wholeheartedly as if you were serving the Lord, not people. Proverbs 19, verse 7 says, Whoever is kind to the poor lends to the Lord, and he will reward them for what they have done. You see, if... If I am waiting for others to deserve my efforts, if I am measuring every situation, well, do they deserve it? What are they going to do? Realize, man, I, I don't know. I don't know if they deserve it. I don't know if I bless them what they're going to do with that blessing. Are they going to go home and, and feed their kids or are they going to go blow it at the corner store on liquor? I don't know. But I don't give to them for them. I give to them first following the leading of the Holy Spirit. I don't just give to every person that doesn't have just because they don't have. No. I'm going to use wisdom. If, if I feel a leading of the Holy Spirit to do it, I'm not going to worry about it. Why? Because I'm serving God. And, and I'm not worried that God is going to, like, here's the thing. You can't outgive God. If he is leading me to do something, then he's going he's gonna to help. He's going to cover it. It's more blessed to give than receive. I, I like to think of it this way. We are not obligated to serve others, but we're privileged to serve God. So I want to encourage you. Pray this week about how to serve God. In what way would he have you serve him by serving others? As you guys leave today, we do have some, some 